Welcome to a special edition of the Adrenalized Life podcast. So I've been doing some of these great um, podcasting interviews with Steve Harper from Podcast Business News Network, and I'm going to release several of them as special episodes of the Adrenalized Life podcast. In this episode specifically, Steve and I discuss my revelation about the word change and challenge and how the word change is in the word challenge and how we don't have any change without challenge. So this is a great conversation. I really enjoyed this episode with Steve on Podcast Business News Network, and I hope that you get some insights and some new perspective on accepting challenge as a form of change. So I sit back, relax, enjoy this episode, and um, I hope that uh, it resonates for you. Welcome to the Adrenalized Life Podcast. We will help you choose your adrenalized life. Whether you're a small business owner, entrepreneur, or executive, we will help you create life harmony and bridge the gaps in your personal and professional life. If you struggle with stress, burnout, or are overwhelmed, we will adrenalize you to activate your desire to change and transform your life. So I want to quote a song by David Bowie right now. And the, the lyrics go like this. Turn and face the strange. Time may change me, but I can't change time. We're going to talk about change today because we're all afraid of it. Let's, you know, the elephants in the room, I'm, I'm talking about it right now. We're afraid of change. Admit it. Tom Marino is here. He is your success strategy coach. Always great to have you along with us, Tom. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Steve. Thanks again for having me. Yeah, change is, um, I'm adapting better to it myself personally, but there is a time like even three years ago, I mean, you know, the slightest thing like, you know, tips my, my world. Yeah. And why are people afraid of change? You know, because they're afraid to accept the challenge that comes with change. You know, I, I was on the Peloton this morning and uh, the instructor, Robin, she said, there's no challenge, no change without challenge. And, and that got me thinking. And, and I'm a guy who thinks about how do I apply what she just said, right? Whereas the, there's no change without challenge. And, and I think that's why a lot of people shy away from change is because it is challenging, because it is coming out of a comfort zone. It is entering a new place. And people, you know, don't like to change because we become very complacent in what, what's going on. And, and for people, you either thrust yourself into change or you get thrust into change, right? Either it happens for you or you let it happen to you, right? So you, you've got to make that, that, that change and, and accept the challenge of the change. Before we dig deeper into dealing with the challenge, how do you know the change is right? And, and, and I'm factoring out when you've been thrust into it and it is what it is. Yeah. You know, that's a great question, Steve. Uh, you know, I, I think one of the things is, is, is recognizing when it's time to change, right? And, and let's talk more in the context of something's going on in your life, something's happened, and you realize something has to change, right? We understand, too, that oftentimes when things happen, right? Let's say, for example, I don't know, you, you have a flood in your house, okay? That's an immediate change that has been thrust upon you. You now have to respond to that flood, clean up that flood. And you're going to have to make changes along the way. But there's no coincidence that maybe in your life, you've been having your own flood emotionally, 
stress-wise, you're overwhelmed by that flood. There's, there's got to be a coincidence to it. And it, it, that flood may say, well, you know what? Why did this happen? And it may teach you what needs to change in your life overall, right? There's no coincidence in life. Everything happens for a reason, I agree. right? So a flood, yeah. I mean, I had a flood recently in, in my basement and we had to call the sewer guys to come and clean out the sewer and snake the sewer. But we, it was also an opportunity to get rid of a lot of crap that we didn't need to carry, have all anymore. Right? I, knew, I knew you were going to say that because I'm thinking the same exact way. I always look for an opportunity. It's like, yeah. right, we're down here and these bodies right. are wet. And yeah, sure. And imagine, imagine what an environmental change does for you as a person, especially when you're feeling some stress, right? You, you got to be very aware of your environment. And, and when you have clutter in your life and a flood disrupts that clutter and forces you to throw it out, now you can clear your, your, your space. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. You have a flood of emotions. You have a flood of stress. Sometimes you need something so that you can clear out and think and refocus again. Yep. So why don't we run down? I, I know that you've turned change into a challenge. Yes, I have. <laughs> it turns an acronym. So, yeah. So it was funny. Let's drill in. Yeah. So I, I was thinking about the word challenge this morning, and I recognized for the first time that change is in the word challenge, right? So, you know, and, and what separates it really is an LLE, right? The LLE. And that's really where the challenge pieces of what I'm going to talk about in this acronym really come into play. But let's just talk about change very simply. You know, we talk about my the choice model that I've set up for my coaching program and about choices and you know, clarifying your mindset, well, change is clarifying things for you. What needs to change, right? What is the thing that needs to be different? So clarify, obviously, is the first thing. Then harnessing your values, right? I talk about harnessing your values. Well, if you're going to clarify what you need, you have to know what you value. So harness your values. Then you got to activate that desire to change, right? You've got to have that desire, that sense of urgency to make the change. The N in change is what's negotiable. What are your negotiables? I, I've been talking with a lot of clients lately that have had very difficult times deciding what they want to change. And they know that something has to change in their relationship or with an employee or whatever. And I go, okay, so what are the things that you can't negotiate? What are the things that have to, that are just non-negotiable? And then what are your negotiables? And that's part of understanding your change journey. Then of course, growth. What growth do you want to see from your change? And then what expectations do you need to set for that to all come into play? So that's the change element. You know, I just want, I want to jump in before yeah. we hit up more letters, but the, the, the moral compass part of it, I think is important in terms of making that change in the direction. And I forget which letter that was, um, your values. That's what it was. Harness. Yeah. Yeah. It, that, that's so important to you to remain true to yourself but some of the other things that you pointed out, um, the non-negotiables, yeah, that doesn't have to be you negotiating with somebody else. You could be negotiating with yourself. Correct. Trying to make that decision. Well, am I okay with this? Am I okay with that? Right. And, and that's what's really important about the non-negotiable exercise, right? So like, what are the things, like I was working with somebody who's in a relationship and, you know, the person that she's in a relationship has his own business and works differently than she does. And she works differently in her business. And they were negotiating time that they're spending together. And I said, well, what's the non-negotiable that's causing the disruption? I need time to do my work, she said. And I'm like, okay. I said, so that's a non-negotiable that he has to make room for that to happen. 
But what's the negotiable is, is where maybe you do the work, right? As long as you have the time and the space to do it, that's your non-negotiable, but your negotiable is, is where, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got to figure out what is the, is that negotiation with yourself? What are you willing to give up? And what are you willing to compromise on? That's really what it comes down to, right? We do this all the time in relationships. What I'm absolutely willing to do versus what I'm not willing to do. It happens in any business ag- agreement. What are you willing to do as scope of work versus what are you not willing to do? And that's that's the conversation. But change doesn't happen unless you understand those. And you don't. you have to give those things the space to be able to make the change. You know, what's interesting when we talk about the non-negotiables, when it comes down to business, usually it's cut and dry. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to do this. It's it's usually black and white. When it comes right. to a relationship, there is so much bending yep. both ways, negotiable, non-negotiable. And that, that invariably leads to issues because people aren't happy. Exactly. <laughs> with what's going on. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. Like, why is it so much easier for us to negotiate in business than in our own lives? Why is it always easier to set? Why, why is that? <laughs> because we, when it comes to our personalities and our personal lives, we we have a much more difficult time saying what we need and mm. what we want, and being very clear on having our needs met. Because we've been taught to put others before ourselves, we've been taught to put other people's needs before our own, and when we look at our needs, it's 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 selfish. That's how we've been conditioned is we're selfish by saying what we want, but that's the total opposite. It's a form of self-care, right? And self-care is never selfish, but it's not an easy concept for people to grasp. So negotiating with yourself is really difficult. It's a challenge in and of itself. It's a challenge. It it really is. Do you suggest if you're going to do that, that you should do it physically talk to yourself instead of just thinking out. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. You got to, you got to hear it sometimes, right? And it depends on what kind of learner you are, right? If you're an auditory learner, you need to hear your voice, right? You need to get it out and hear it and then play it back, record it, use a voice memo, record exactly what you're saying to yourself and listen. And that's one of the things that why I record my sessions with my clients. I, they, every client gets an audio copy of their session because there are times I will be like go back into this and listen to this part of the session so that you can hear what you're saying to yourself and you can hear it and when you go back and you hear it you can learn so much from it right I I really do and it's almost a like a modern version of journaling yes you should be journaling anyway guilty I never do it right but how much easier it is just to hit you know, the voice memo and say some things. And then, mm-hmm. you know, even if you're trying to make that decision involving change, sit on it for a few days and then right. go back to it and see where, what your, your mindset is on that day, reflecting back to what you said. Exactly. And, and, and that's the key point is, is that you have to listen to what you're saying. Or if you're visual, you have to read it and read it to yourself. Even if you were a combination of the two, write it out and then read it back and say it out loud as you're reading it back. Yeah. Right. But you've got to do something to change the perspective. And, and that's going to help you to, to make the changes that you need to. So we're up to which letter? We, we... So now we're in the LLE, right? The challenge piece, right? So we talked about the change, but the LLE is listen, learn, engage. You know, a lot of times 
the answers are right in front of us, right? We're just not listening to mm -hmm. them. We're not, we're not allowing the awareness to be present, but yep. you'll hear it, right? Like I said, I was just on with the client before and I, I said something to her. I said, you have everything that you need. You have the money to cover this. You have what you need there and you have what you need from here. And she said, my husband said the same exact thing to me, right? We've got to listen and, and accept that we're being given signs all the time from other places. And when things start to fall in where you're hearing multiple people saying the same thing or you're seeing, you're hearing it even, like even a news story may come on the television that resonates with you. And it's just what somebody else just said. There's purpose in that. But if we're not listening, we're not accepting the challenge because the answer is right there. We have the answers in us. We just got to listen for them and see and, and see them manifest into your reality so that you can accept the challenge to change. You know what I, I've learned in my journey in the last couple of years in terms of listening? Somebody, when you first meet somebody, they will reveal themselves in the very beginning. Their personalities, everything is right there, mm -hmm. but you need to tune into it. And this right. could work for business, personal relationships, whatever, when you first meet them out of the gate. And that is a great, great, great point. Because so many times you'll interview someone in, in your company, right? And they'll be great, right? But there's always that little red flag that may pop up about that person, right? But you're willing to overlook that because everything else is so great. But if you're really listening to that red flag, mm. if you're really you're going to recognize within the first 90 days or within the first six months that that red flag is going to be a bigger problem than you expected. <laughs> Absolutely. Because you didn't listen to it. You didn't listen to it. Right? Yeah. We have selective hearing. We have selective hearing when we are trying to just accomplish a task, just to overcome the challenge, just to fill the position or whatever it may be. And we ignore those things but that is part of what makes change a challenge is when you don't listen, when you don't listen to what's going on around you and recognize it's all right there for you. We see and hear what we want to. Mm -hmm. and that's what we're looking for. Let's say in that job interview, meeting somebody, whatever it might be, you can meet a friend of a friend and yeah, pretty cool person there. Uh, yeah. but then you, you pick up on things if you're paying attention to it. Absolutely. You know, and then moving into the learn piece of this, you know, the learning element, people don't like to learn new things. People sometimes are very stubborn to learn something new. Life should be, life is learning. Life is constant and continuous learning, but learning means be curious, be curious, ask questions. When you're, when you don't know the answer, the challenge becomes that you're not looking to find it. A lot of people stop when they don't know the answer and they go, oh, I guess I got to go find that out. I'm too lazy to find that out. So then it becomes more of a challenge, right? It's the same thing. Like when you avoid having a conversation with someone because you're afraid of what the outcome is going to be in that conversation and you're avoiding that situation, well, that's going to create more challenge. So learn, be curious, ask more questions. I always look at it as, as a kid standpoint, be a kid. It's okay doesn't matter how old you are. Just be a kid. Because what, what, what do kids do? They learn. They're curious. Be a kid. Right? They learn. They're curious. And how many challenges do kids really have? How many challenges 
in, in their lives that, and they get, they have challenge. I'm not saying that they don't have challenge, but when you're a kid, you overcome that challenge by asking why Mm. you overcome that challenge by learning, right? Like at two, three years old, the the infinite question is why, why, (laughs) why, why, you know, and, and, and as an adult, it becomes very exhausting to always answer that question of why it just, we answer with because, and because is not an answer to any question ever. Right. But we are, we have to embrace the energy of that. Why when we're in the midst of our own challenges and, and change, because if we embrace that, why we will find the answers that we're looking for. We will find the way that we need to go in order to make the change possible. Absolutely. It's so true. So now we're at LLE. Yep. So the E is the last piece. The E is the, is the engagement. You know, when you implement change in an organization and I, and I've done this as a, as a chief transformation officer and, and in other, uh, other organizations where I have, you know, put in a new change strategy, you want people to be engaged and buy into the change that's happening. Well, you have to be engaged in your own change, right? You can recognize that something needs to change, but if you're not engaging with it, it's gonna become a challenge. If you don't engage with yourself, if you don't engage with your surroundings, if you don't engage with the things that are offering you wisdom into what you need to change, it becomes that much more difficult to make the changes. So we've got to engage with each other and we have to engage with ourselves too, in order to really buy in to the changes that need to to take place. When it comes to making those changes, what's the best way to get out of your head? I always hear everybody, I'm in my head. I can't get out of my head. How do you move past that? You know, sometimes it's as simple as just taking the action step, right? Stop. Like what, like what, what do you want to do? What do you need to do? What is it that you are trying to do, right? So, and, and that's usually the question I ask, well, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to change or what, but you're stuck in your head, but what are you trying? Just tell me what you're trying. Okay, why not? Let's create an action now to, to do that. Let's take that step to do that. Let's, let's move forward in that. You know, I was working with somebody this morning and he was struggling with, you know, the idea of, um, changing his perspective on the wins versus the losses in his life, right? And he was looking at the losses and he said, the losses are just outweighing the wins, right? And, and he was so stuck in his head with the wins, with the losses. I said, well, what do you need to get some more wins? Well, I need more leads. I need more people working in my business, Etc. He said, okay. He said, so where do we start? He says, I guess with the leads. And then we spent the whole time on how are we going to generate more leads for his business? How are we going to create more leads for his business so that he can bring the income in to be able to hire the people he wants? And that would give him more wins. But he was so stuck in the losses. He was so stuck in, in what he was not winning at, right? And sometimes the wins are going to be outweighed by the losses. But are they truly losses? Are they truly losses? Or do we just need to find more things that we can win at? Right? But you don't get there 
unless you take action, unless you get out of your head and move yourself forward. What are you trying to do? Just do it. Just do it. Why do you think we focus? And I, when, I, when I hear the word losses, I think negativity, mm-hmm. right? It's a negative and a positive. Why are we wired? Why do we always go to the negative instead of looking? And even if it's like this, you know, or like this with the, 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 the losses being so high, why do we always invariably go toward the negative? Because it's easier. It's yeah. easier for the ego to throw yourself a pity party. It's easy for the ego to activate the judge and say, yeah, you suck. You can't do this. It's much easier. The, the, the ego is very challenged for us in, in life because it brings about the fear and the anxiety that is going to create that sense of loss that negativity, right? Like he was seeing his losses as a rejection of him and a rejection of his business and his services. I said, but is there any truth to that? Are they really rejecting you or they just don't understand that they need you, right? Are they really rejecting you because don't you have clients that use your services? And so is it a rejection of you? And the answer is no. Most of the time it's not, but we, we, we're so quick to judge ourselves as being wrong or less than, than we are to celebrating. And it's a mindset thing. It's where do you live in your mindset, right? Mm-hmm. But we learned this at a very young age, Steve. We, we learned this as children in school. School is the massive design for win and losses, right? You, you, you get an A on a test, so you get a hundred on a test. There's a value in that being equated to a win and a success. Whereas getting a 72 is a failure or a 65 is a failure. It's not as successful as the 100, right? But what if I really started out at a 42 and achieved the 72? You have 40% improvement. Mm -hmm. But if I always started at 100, where do I improve? How do I ever really improve? But we're conditioned from a very young age to rank and rate how we do things in life. And that's what school does. Now, it creates that achievement goal and what we're trying to achieve and ascertain as the top and, 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 and to be at the top and be the best that we could possibly be. But some people's best is an 85, but they don't celebrate that. You got to celebrate that 85 the same way you celebrate that 100. That's a really good point when you talk about being a child and where, where that, that negativity pops in because you could be two and sitting at the kitchen table and, hey, new experience. I'm here for the first time. Oh, look at that. I've got vegetables. I've got that. You reach for it. And what, what happens? Right. Don't do that. Don't, do that. Oh, don't touch that. Don't do, right. that. do that. You're just being curious. You're a yeah. kid. You just get cool. I mean, what's that? I, can, I can reach for that. Yeah, and absolutely. It was your negative. You were, you were conditioned. You, that was the starting. And, 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 you know, it's an excellent point. You know, Erickson's psychosocial stages of development. So when you're two and three years old, there's an autonomy versus shame and doubt that you enter into, right? Either your, your autonomy as an individual is promoted or you've experienced a lot of shame and doubt, right? So when I was two years old, I took a whole thing of uh, floor cleaner and I dumped it on the entire linoleum floor. And I then proceeded to mop the floor. 
Now, if my mother had said, why did you do that? Create the shame and the doubt and the guilt versus her saying, thank you for helping mommy to do that and promoting my autonomy and my independence. Yeah. That is where we start to learn that construct. But that's two to three years old that that happened. When you want to be mommy's helper, that's an opportunity to promote independence or to create shame and guilt. But if you were programmed that way by your parents, what are you going to do? <laughs> what they did. What they did. So you're exactly. Yeah. And you don't even know you're doing it. Just Ex Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But that's where it goes back to. I mean, that's where you really could, you could go back to, but that's, but we learn shame and guilt and doubt at such an early age that it becomes such a natural tendency. It's a yeah. natural habit to go into that shame and guilt mode. And I had that conversation yesterday with somebody uh, who's talking about his wife. His wife has had some challenges along the way. And I talked about, you know, what, what children learn between zero and seven. And I said, I'll bet you, if you think back to her childhood, what she's told you, the answer is right there. It, it's Absolutely. there. And he thought about it. He's like, he had an aha moment. He goes, yeah, her parents used to, and she did this. And I'm like, yeah, it is. I mean, it's not a bad thing. It is what it is. But uh, now, you, if you know what it is, then you can correct it. Or work Absolutely. It. And at least you can understand it to be able to make the change. Yeah. And that's where the learning and the listening gets rid of the challenge and allows for the change. Love it. I, um, I don't know how you do this, like how you figure this out. <laughs> it's super cool, though. It, 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 it's, it's sometimes surprising to me too, but it's those moments of inspiration when you're taking care of your mind and your body exercising that gives you some clarity on things. And I went, she said, change is not accomplished without challenge. And I recognized that change was in challenge. And I was like, okay, we, we've got to do this. a message. I'm listening. That's the point. I'm listening and I'm recognizing that there is messaging coming through for me to think about things differently so I can help people think about things differently. Don't attempt change unless you think you've got it covered without somebody that can help you along. And that would be Tom Marino. He is a amazing success strategy coach. Somebody wants to work with you. What do they do? So you can reach out to me at tommarino.com. I have a contact form on my website that you can fill out and we can set up a complimentary session. Everyone who wants to work with me before they work with me, we get a complimentary session scheduled because we want to make sure we're a good fit for each other and make sure that we're working together to really accomplish what you need to accomplish and that make sure I can help you to do that. And if, you know, follow me on Instagram at Tom Marino coaching. Um, I'm always on Instagram, send me a DM. And uh, if you DM me podcast and we'll, we'll get you scheduled for a call and start a conversation. Awesome. Don't be afraid. Make that change because you want to live what kind of life? An adrenalized life, Steve. An adrenalized one where you can act decisively all of the time. Fantastic. Tom, always great talking with you. Same here, Steve. I appreciate the opportunity. Same here. Thank you for listening. Visit TomMarino.com and sign up for our newsletter. Leave a comment about this episode and learn more about how we can serve you. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And remember, choose your adrenalized life.